Okay. Okay. There it is. Okay. All right. Good morning, everyone. Before uh, I begin, good morning. I guess I could wait for you to respond. Good morning, everyone. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're here this morning uh, to look into your word, uh, to to find the joy that's expressed through your word in our salvation. I pray, Father in heaven, that, uh, Lord, that the hearers here would be encouraged and uh, that those who don't know you, Father in heaven, throughout this message, Lord, that they would be drawn to you, that they would understand. We give you thanks and praise for your son who makes this all possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, I've titled this message, Saved, Secure, and Sure. On Friday night, John was speaking to a a fellow. He was very animated, this fellow. I could see it. It was was, uh, interesting to watch. And John asked the question to him. He says, do you know your sins are forgiven? And the man said, no, man, I'm Muslim. And John said to him, I know. John knows his sins are forgiven. And many of us here, throughout our walk with the Lord, we've come across some passages that maybe cause us to doubt or to question, and those things are good. It causes us to dig deep into the Word of God. And there is a, uh, there are, what are the, the first three rules of biblical interpretation? Anybody know? Well, yeah, that's true. Context. And? That's right. And there's another one. Uh, sorry. There's another uh, one rule that's very, um, very helpful. Never let uh, questionable or unclear scripture override or take precedence over clear scriptures. Clear cut. How do we know the sacrifice of Jesus Christ was acceptable to, the, to God the Father? How do we know that? You know. No one? What? Yeah, the resurrection. That's right. Jesus rose from the grave. It was not... It was not something that could... The the grave could not hold him. We have no more chance of losing our salvation than Christ does of losing his deity because we're in him. And if Christ is risen from the grave, he's going to save us to the uttermost. We have clear scriptures, which I'm going to expound on here and show you and hopefully encourage you. Because a lot of the times, you know, we, we, we read a passage uh, and without looking at it in context and studying it sometimes, we can come up with the thought that, oh, I, I think I might have lost my salvation. I've lost it. And that can be very troubling for a new Christian. And it can be perplexing for an, uh, an older Christian or, a, or more of a uh, seasoned Christian, so to speak. So, the Bible says that if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. 
then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So how do you know your sins are forgiven? Because he has caused you to be born again. If indeed you are born again, he has washed all of your sins away. And if you've not been born again, you are still in your sins. Because if God has done a work in you, the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. Old things have passed away. Past, present, and future, our sins, they're gone, they're forgotten. Our sins are a non-issue. But a lot of the times, we enter into these seasons of doubt, we question because maybe we don't. At one time we had a more, almost a, uh, a feeling-oriented experience. And that's happened to me early in my walk. I, I had wonderful moments of, of, of uh, closeness of the presence of the Lord. But you know what? After a while, that kind of faded. Like maybe a day or two. It faded away. And I was thinking, oh no! Hey, it's gone! I, I don't feel that. I don't have that assurance. You know what? You can't lose your salvation. You can lose your assurance of salvation. But you can get it back. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we have that wonderful promise. Now, exegesis is drawing out a text meaning in accordance with the author's context and discoverable meaning. God wants us to know. And there's scriptures that back this up. Eisegesis is when a reader imposes their interpretation of the text. Here's an example. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. Now, many people have used this as a, as a salvation sort of prayer in a sense. Like Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and if you let him in. And now, in a way, it's a clumsy sort of way that, that there is truth in that. But that is not what the scripture is for. This is for believers. This is meant to be the church that, that Jesus Christ was, was warning them and, and inviting them to enter into that. You know, they'd, fall, they'd forgotten their first loves and first love. So, Again, don't read into the text or infer something into the text that contradicts clear scriptures that are supported throughout scripture. So, saved, secure, and sure. This is like a math sort of equation. It's good math. Saved plus security plus surety or knowing, not surety, certainty, equals joy. If you know your sins are forgiven and that God has changed you and that God will never leave you or forsake you and you know you can't ever lose the gift of eternal life, well, that is worth rejoicing, is it not? Isn't that worth something to praise the Lord? That we know our names are written in heaven. Not that the, as the disciples were, Jesus said to them, don't rejoice that the spirits are subject to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And then there's so many other passages, and they are so wonderful. 
Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, if you think that you can lose your salvation, you will be unsure and fearful that you can lose it. But then how do you maintain it? Works? You'll lose your joy and you'll think you have lost it, which scripture says you cannot. You will walk this earth with no hope. God tells us to maintain good works for the benefit of the body of Christ. And so we will be an example to the world and repentance leads to the fruit that backs up our repentance. We are saved by grace through faith, not by works, so that no one can boast. It is a gift from God. It's a gift. And if you try to enter into that treadmill of trying to maintain your salvation, you're going back to the law. We should be obeying the Lord and following him out of gratitude and out of love, not as a means to somehow maintain our salvation. Can you imagine if someone was adopted, and I speak of all of us here, we've been adopted into the family of God if we're born again. Now, do you think you would have to keep doing good things for the parent to, to keep you? That if you mess up or you don't do everything right, or don't do enough good things that somehow that parent is going to cast you away? That's not found in Scripture. In Matthew, Jesus talked about those who, I never knew you, he said. He said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then Jesus says this, and I will declare to you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So, if you know him and he knows you, that's not for you. That's not meant for you. That's meant for those that have a a sense of religion and think that somehow they're going to merit God with God's favor on that day. It's not going to happen. It says that not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of, repent, washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. It also says, this is a faithful saying, and these things I want to affirm constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. And let our people also learn to maintain good works to meet urgent needs that they may not be unfruitful. Wow. Saved from the penalty of sin and the power of sin, secure because we are in Christ and Christ in us, sure because he is able to keep us. This is a wonderful passage here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again, that's born again, to a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Reserved. Where's my pointer thing here? Reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And this you greatly rejoice. Are you rejoicing, saints? We should be rejoicing. (laughs) 
Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Wow. Wonderful truth. Ephesians 2.8.9, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Okay, that's pretty clear. That's, I mean, have a wonderful afternoon, everyone. I mean, very clear. For this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. How do you get convinced? You read the word in context, not reading into the text, bringing out of it what it says. And when it says we're saved by grace through faith and not by ourselves, that's, that's very clear. There's nothing to read. It's right there. It comes right out. Ever heard this slogan, a diamond is forever? Everyone that's bought an engagement ring has heard that. Diamond is forever. No, it's not. It's going to melt with fervent heat one day. You know what's forever? Eternal life. It'll eternal life is forever. If it's, not, if it's not eternal, then it's not eternal life. You're richer than you think. <laughs> Says some big mega bank. Saints, we are richer than we think a lot of the times. When you stop and you ponder what Christ went through and the riches in him we have, we have forgiveness of our sins. We have an everlasting hope. We're going to be in heaven one day. We're going to be walking down those streets of gold, free from all sin, in the presence of God our Father, the presence of Jesus Christ, our, his Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're going to be in the presence of God forever and ever and ever. Because eternal life is forever. You've probably heard, um, oh, I got one more. When you care enough to send the very best hallmark. That's kind of nice, eh? Yeah, you know, how, how, how many times have you looked at a card and you go, oh, yeah, okay. No, that's not true. And you pick up another one. <laughs> you know? No, I can't give that one to mama. I no, that one won't work. You know, they want to say these things that, you know, gush out of the card. And a lot of times, hey, you can find one that, expresses exactly how you're feeling, and that's wonderful. When God cared enough to send his very best, I like this one better. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Simple. True. We forget quickly, God is rich in mercy. He's lavished us in his love in Christ Jesus. I like that. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And if you're in Christ, if you've been crucified with Christ, if that's your identity, if that's who you are, 
you have every assurance through the word of God. And I want you to just hang on to those promises, brothers and sisters, because, wow, it's so easy to stumble in this world, especially if you're not reading the word of God and not taking those promises seriously. That way, when something happens, and it's going to happen sooner or later. Anything happen in anybody's life today? Anybody? Yeah, every one of us. There's something happening. If there's not anything happening right now, the day's not over. Things happen all the time, right? But we have, we have a hope that, that it astounds the world in many places, in many times. It does. People can't figure it out. How can that guy's come? How can that guy's not freaking out? Because we have, a, we have the promises of God. We know we're going to heaven. We know that God is in control, totally in control. And yeah, we get shaken sometimes, some, sometimes to our very core. But you know what? He keeps us. He keeps us. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I'll take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. So that, that's what God is saying he's going to do. That's what happens to a born-again person. That's what happens when you are, are in Christ. The Spirit lives inside of us. We read God's word. It resonates with our heart. We can have confidence as we walk through this world that God is going to, he's going to do these things through us and for us for his glory. So that's good news. Wrong thinking will lead to wrong living. Think lightly of God and you will think lightly of sin. You know, we all go through different periods of growth. And I, I spoke uh, the last time that I had a message here, I talked about, you know, getting close to God, drawing near to him. And what kind of things have to happen for that to happen. We have to read the word of God. We have to be in prayer. We have to be doing these things, saints. Otherwise, your salvation, your assurance of salvation, will come and go. It'll ebb and flow, and you'll be tossed about by every sort of thing that comes along, whether it's a doctrine or whether it's a circumstance. We, we, we talk to many people on the street, and they don't have any hope. But you know what? Christians have hope. A lot of times, people on the street... They're, they're hoping they can consume enough alcohol or drugs or do enough things there to get comfort, to get through the day. That, that's the extent of the hope that they have. If they just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it, somehow it'll all work out. And that's not the truth. That's not what the Word of God says. And when people say to me, oh, there is no afterlife. Oh, you know, when you die, you just go into the grave. That's not true. We know that's not true. We know that there's a judgment to come. We know that one day we're going to stand before God and give an account of our lives. But for the believer, when we stand before God, he's going to reward us. He's going to actually give us something. Maybe it's more time with him, more me time. I don't know. But the thing is that we, as believers, are going to be in the presence of God. He's going to bless us even more so because of the good things that we've done here. Not to gain salvation. And you've probably heard the phrase, once saved, always saved, right? Now, doctrinally, that is true, but a lot of people on the street that I've noticed, 
not just street people, they, they'll say, oh, I'll just keep on sinning. Once saved, always saved. Yeah, I've heard, you know, they've, they've, they're parroting what they heard, a piece of scripture. Um, oh, God, you know, for God to love the world. No, yeah, God loves me. But they don't want to talk about the rest of it. And if you think you can lose your salvation, here's the problem. And I've, I've heard a believer say this. I'm just going to do that just to be safe, just to be certain. Okay, so you're just going to maintain the good works just, to, just as a kind of an insurance policy, so to speak. You're not, you're not resting in the Lord when you're doing that. You still have this sense that, oh, I hope it can, I hope. Look at the, the Muslim fellow John was speaking with. He's not going to know until the day of judgment. Well, the day of judgment, it, 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 it's not a hearing. It's not what God is going to balance the good deeds from the bad deeds. We know that. It's not by works of righteousness which we've done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Seems pretty clear. Seems. Different periods of growth in our lives, saints. You know, there was a time very early in my Christian walk Somehow I got it into my head, imagine that, that I'd committed the unpardonable sin. That's me. It's gone. I know I've done that. I've lost my salvation. Can't get it back. Jesus said you must be born again. He didn't say you must be born again if you lose it and then born again again. He didn't say that. You must be born again. Once God takes up residence within you, the Holy Spirit, I'll give you the, he'll send the comforter and he will what? Abide in you forever. So, physically, we all have different stages of maturity. Spiritually as well. God knows each and every single one of us, who we are, what we've done, and he's bringing us along if you're saved, if you've had your sins forgiven, if you're born again. He's going to complete the work he started in you. We have God's promise on that. Our son, when he was growing up, there was a time when he was, he drank like four liters of milk a day. Four liters of milk a day. Diana was having a cow. Actually, that would have been a good thing if we would have had a cow. All right. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. After you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Makes you want to rejoice. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. 
And this is where a lot of people will go, yeah, yeah, but you can jump out. You can jump out of this. I heard a wonderful quote, I can't remember who it's by, and they says, aren't you worried you're going to slip through the fingers of Jesus? And she said, I am one of the fingers of Jesus. I thought that was kind of neat to say it. The point being made that it's not going to happen. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Wow, that is such a wonderful thing to help us when we're doubting or when we're troubled and we're thinking that, where's God? I don't feel him. I don't, I don't sense his presence. There's many reasons, and I wouldn't even begin to, to say how many different things that we can have going on in our lives where we couldn't feel the presence. Sometimes it, we're, we worry about things or we're, we're, we're so consumed with, with just trying to, whether it be get out of debt or, 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 or try to get to work and, you know, when the vehicles are broken down and all that stuff. Many different things. And maybe sometimes when we're going through a season of depression or, or we're, you know, we're going through an illness that can really do it. I know I've mentioned this before, but for six years I had headaches every single day. But the Lord kept me through it all. Praise Him. I didn't do that. I take no credit for that. I, was, I would have fallen away. Where's God? After a week, two weeks, three months, six months, a year, two years, six years. And just like that, it faded away. It came and it went, a season of time, right? And I got to tell you, through that time, I was going out on the streets and evangelizing to, to an unprecedented extent. And I used to always think, oh, if I only didn't have these headaches, man, this, I, I could do so much better. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I think because of that, it makes you press on, you persevere, right? Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Here's another kind of a refresher. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Now, here's an example of eisegesis. Oh no, if I grieve the Holy Spirit, I won't be sealed anymore. That's not what it says. That's reading into the text. What it's saying is, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. You are sealed. For this is the will of the Father that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. That's a promise. Jesus is the promise keeper. This is such a, a, a well-known verse, but it has, to be, it has to be spoken here. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, including yourselves, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And so, when people say, oh, good to go, I can sin as much as I want then, God, I'm kept. They have, 
That's like someone when they've said to me, I'll repent just, you know, right before I die. I'll just go on sinning and right before I die. They haven't even begun repentance. Their mind hasn't changed at all. They're looking for the loophole. They're looking for a way out to, 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 to have, have the world and enjoy the world and sin all they want. And then someone at the end pulled the ripcord on the parachute. Well, what a shock it is when there, there's no parachute. What did Jesus say about those who followed after the world? Seriously, what did he say? Because I can't remember the scripture. The one where he talks about people that love the world. What's it going to profit a man if you gain the whole world and you lose your own soul? Or what can you give in exchange for your soul? Nothing. It's free. It's a free. It's a gift. The cost was enormous and Christ paid it. I will pray the Father and he will give... And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him or n- nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Until you do enough bad things and he leaves. That's not there. You know him. He knows you. So when Jesus says, away from me, I never knew you, that's not, that's not believers. That is not believers. Makes sense. So being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And then if by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. Grace through faith, not by works. You can't maintain your salvation. If you could lose your salvation, you would. We all would. Do you actually think, since you weren't able to save yourself, you know, a lot of people, including myself, prayed a prayer. I was, I was saved. God changed me. Jesus Christ changed my life. He's changed your lives, too, if you're saved. He's changed you. And yet, for the longest time, I'd pray a prayer, you know, the sinner's prayer sort of thing, just to make sure, in case he didn't hear me. Or because maybe I I messed up and I go, I better get it back, I better... And then after about a hundred times doing that, I thought, well, this is silly. This seems like a silly thing to do. So the moment we try to maintain our salvation, we move out of grace to endlessly being in bondage to our own efforts rather than having our liberty in Christ, causing us to do all things out of gratitude for saving us in the first place. Can you imagine if I said to my wife, will you marry me, which I did, and then 
asked her again for the next 35 years. She'd go, uh, yeah, we're, we're married. It's, so when we're in Christ and we're doing that, it's, it's silly to say, well, you saved me? Yeah. It'd be like if you were on a, you're in the ocean and there's an ocean liner that goes by and you save me, save me. And they pull you onto the boat and you're still saying, save me. But you're on the boat. You're, so when we're in Christ and we're saying to God, save me. Well, maybe I want to save you out of a certain situation. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm talking about salvation. He's going, yeah, but, but you're, you're saved. You're, what are you doing? It makes no sense, right? And it's not that it's logical, folks. It's biblical. That's the question you should ask. It, it seems logical, maybe, what, that you can't lose it. But is it biblical? And, and it's a resounding yes, it is. Being confident, he has begun a good work and you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. For that which I also suffer these things, which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever. But the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. There it is. John 14, 16, 17. John 4, chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. What great promises. Our salvation is secure because Christ has secured it for us. We didn't do it. There's no merit in us crying out to God, save me. That'd be like the guy, I saved myself because I, 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 I yelled out to them to save me. No, there, you didn't do anything to get your salvation other than turn to the Lord and throw, fling yourself on his mercy and ask him to save your soul. And God in his kindness did that for you and I. Everybody has a salvation story that's been saved. But we're, we all end up being born again. And you don't have to be born again, born again. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. John 10, most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep to him. The doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. They know his voice. They will by no means follow a stranger. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. 
who's able to save to the uttermost. There's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That's what believers do. Walk after the spirit. That's what we should do. And when we're not walking after the spirit, we have other promises by God. That if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not, not re-save us. We're already saved. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, peril. For your sakes we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors with him, through him that loved us. Jeremiah 32, 40, And I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to do them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts and they shall not depart from me. Here's an interesting one. Are you, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. This is Mark 13, 13. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. So if you just tough it out to the end, you just, you'll make it. If you just keep, no, that's not what it's saying. Who are those that, another word for, in, translated for that word endure is perseveres to the end, presses on to the end. Believers press on to the end. We do, we fall down, we get up. We do. So maybe if you're here and you've listened to this and you have no idea whatsoever of what it is to know Christ, to be born again, this part is for you. You can know this. You're under the condemnation of God right now if you don't know him. Every lie, every, every blasphemous word you've spoken, Every time you've used God's name in vain, abuse the name of Jesus. The things you may have stolen, even when you were little, a lot of people say it on the street. Yeah, but that was before. Everything we've done is in the past. The sentence I just spoke, it's in the past. You're under God's condemnation. You're headed for hell. You're in free fall without a parachute. You have no hope without Christ. But if you'll admit you're a sinner, if you'll acknowledge, yeah, I've sinned against God. And God has given you a conscience. And sometimes that conscience, you know, it's doing its job, but you do things that sort of null it down. But if you admit that you're a sinner and you believe that Jesus died on the cross and he rose again the third day, 
And if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. You have God's word on it. Call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. But you won't call upon him unless you see a need for him. So folks, if you're here and you're, sa- and you're saved, rejoice. Your salvation is secure. We're going to be in heaven. God's word says that plainly. And if you're not saved, if you've never bowed the knee to God, if you've never turned to him and asked him to wash you, to cleanse you, because that's what Jesus said. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. He can wash you clean. He can give you everlasting life as a free gift because he's rich in mercy. So, it's kind of like ABC, right? Admit you're a sinner. Believe Jesus is who he said he is. God come down from heaven, here, this earth, died on a cross for our sins, rose again the third day, commands all men everywhere to repent. Why? Because he's appointed a day in which he's going to judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He's given assurance of this to all by what? Raising him from the dead. And he can raise you to everlasting life if you'll Acknowledge your sin. Believe that Jesus Christ is who he said he is. That he died for you and rose again. And call upon his name. That's the ABC kind of thing. So folks, if you don't know him, you can know him. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Lord, there is security. There is such joy in knowing that our salvation is secure. And joy in knowing, Lord, that we, we came to know you through your Son. And that offer is available to everyone. And they, too, can be safe. They can be saved. They can be secure in knowing that you love them, you died for them, and you want to be their Lord and Savior. And so we give you thanks, Father in heaven. In the name of Jesus, amen.